Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, what's going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And this week, we've got a bunch of stuff, actually. We're back to having uh, real smartphone releases in February, which is it's good. It's, that mm-hmm. it's, it's somehow already February and only February. I feel like this is a sort of a time warp of the beginning of the year. But here we are. Uh, we also have uh, our super secret, but also not so secret viral button to discuss. We want to talk about that a little bit. But first... Uh, I did want to ask if you guys saw Mr. Beast's video of uh, curing blindness in a, a thousand people. Did you guys see that video? I did not. I did not watch it. However, if you go on the YouTube app on any computer, it Homepage. is the first one yeah. that is served to every single person on the planet. He was making this whole big deal about how he's changing up the pace in a video finally. Like, we all know what he does with his videos, which is like, I took a thousand this and did this, and it was like right off the beginning. And this one was a little bit more of along the lines of like, there's a real message and a real interesting thing he did. So the title and thumbnail was like him curing people's blindness, which is very clickable. You're like, how do you do that? And then in the video, he just goes through and pays for like a very basic, cheap cataract removal surgery for a thousand people. So they get to see for the first time in their life. And it's actually kind of incredible. And then the the spiraling in the background on the internet is it gets 50 million views in a day. And then everyone goes, wait, why isn't this surgery available for everyone for like for free? It yeah, should be yeah. super easy. So that's I, like the discussion. on. The I internet. saw that commentary that it like highlights how terrible the U.S. healthcare system is. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's I appreciate a, that a Mr. Beast video can highlight for millions of people the flaws in the healthcare system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. that's what it's going to take. Yeah. OK, let's talk about TikTok. This is a I guess there's a couple headlines about this, but essentially Uh, There was a Forbes investigation into TikTok that revealed, for our video listeners or audio listeners, I'm doing air quotes here, that revealed that there is some human intervention into what does and doesn't go viral on TikTok. I think they called Mm -hmm. it a button. A button, a heating button. Yeah. 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 Is this a shock to anybody? No. Well, no. No. I wonder if this is an actual button, because they keep saying it's a button, but I, I wonder if it's more just like a... A code injection software. I guess, like, when you say, is it a button, do you mean, like, is I mean, there a, a room button. with yeah. this just, like, giant no. red button on no. it? Or do you think there's, like, a the something button. in there? Uh, I just wonder if in, like, in the developer portal they have, like, a heat button. I think it's, like, 
more it's from this it seems more easily accessible than like developer code because it seems like there are people that Forbes is considering lower on the totem pole of TikTok, including some contractors with ByteDance that yeah. were able to quote unquote press this button. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just say what the button does yeah, for yeah. people who are wondering. So obviously if you've used TikTok, you know, it's just the algorithm serving you videos and it just decides what you're going to see next based on your previous behavior. And it's gotten really good at figuring out what people want to see based on how they use TikTok. So Forbes says, in addition to letting the algorithm decide what goes viral, staff at TikTok and ByteDance also secretly handpick specific videos and supercharge their distribution using a practice known internally as heating. So I would distinguish this from like, you know, YouTube trending, where I guess it's a, it's an obvious collection of both handpicked and algorithmically successful videos, and they just put it in this page and call it trending. Yeah. Um, I think on TikTok, a lot of people might just assume it's just whatever the algorithm wants and there's no control over what's blowing up. Um, but if you work for TikTok, yeah, you're gonna have some built-in controls, obviously to prevent things you don't want to go viral. Yeah. There's some policy violations or some negatives to something, some Tide Pod challenge you don't want to blow up. Um, but yeah, on the opposite side, it's also true. Yeah. If you find some things that you want to experiment with and see if they work before the algorithm gets to it. Yeah. Reddit has a a bunch of different ways to sort content and there's, there's hot, which is like basically trending. And then there's also Mm -hmm. rising, which I think is like content that's on its way. That's on its way. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that when you're, when you heat a video, it's, you're probably making it rise just like bread. You're giving it a little extra boost. Little, the little NOS boost at the the start (laughs) that the other videos don't get. Giving it launch control. It, uh, it's, like you said, we're not that surprised by it. And the reason it is kind of different than trending pages, you have to go to the trending page to look at videos like that. On YouTube. You know what I mean? Where this is just showing up on your For You page. Right. Um, I'm sure there's still some sort of like, they're going to push it and heat it. And there's still some sort of like algorithm of, of these people are in this demographic and like this type of video. And it's just going to push to them faster than other videos yeah. for that demographic. Um, but to like officially have through this Forbes investigation, like, the proof that there's that button and that it seems that TikTok is using it a little um, more willy nilly than some other. I yeah. mean, we don't know the other ones, but there have been a few reports in that investigation that people were he- heating content that they had from people with close personal relationships to. And like mm-hmm. maybe there's some favorites being played in some things. Um, I still have some other um, theories that I want to be investigated about TikTok. You, about I TikTok? Remember, remember earlier I had the theory that uh, if you make a new account, they'll take one of your first posts and yeah. absolutely skyrocket it to the yeah. moon. Just one of your first posts. I wonder if this is, I honestly wonder if that's tied to this in some way. Well, because that you, seems algorithmic because there's no automated. way somebody can hop around TikTok <laughs> looking for new accounts and making sure yeah. somebody's first five videos always has one blow up. But would you say that you're you're doing that because of your account that you created and we hit that like 30 million view TikTok within like the first five videos? Yeah, but I also see it on other accounts as well. Okay. So I'll see a, I'll see a, a, a video that's super viral and I'm like, I wonder if there's more like that. And I'll go to the profile and it's one of their first like 12 videos. I'm like, I yeah. know what's going on here. Yeah. And uh, YouTube has a different set of ways that I see it experiment with pushing things. And Shorts Fee is, is even newer and different, but I just, that's one of my theories for time. I, I wonder if ours specifically was, was though manual manipulation because you, did you, were you verified on TikTok before you even posted anything? 
Because no, didn't they like? I posted a few things before I was verified uh-huh. and before I had any contact at TikTok, which I barely have now. I think. Um, I don't remember if the thing that blew up was before or after that. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were aware that you are a large creator, and That's that possible. like they. I'm sure, and this isn't just for you. I bet this is for a lot of other large creators starting on TikTok. They want to blow that stuff up. Like they want. Creators to be like, oh my god, look at the type of numbers I'm getting on this app. I want to be on this app. Yeah, that makes total sense to because they they do say that like the reason for this button is to push new content to different people and be able to to like distribute wealth. I guess you know views being wealth to (laughs) other people on the internet and uh, make it a more diverse community of who can of what type of content you're seeing. Yeah. I think that's so. the ironic part of all of this is that like on YouTube, if you can heat a video, that person's making significantly more money. Mm-hmm. On TikTok, oh, yeah. if you give people 20 million more views, they're making three more cents. It's like- This is true. Through really, direct creator fund, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean the creator fund just like sucks because it's just, mm-hmm. it's like a static amount. We've talked about that before, but like <clears throat> they, I think in the investigation, they talked about how there were some people that, could get like better brand deals if their content got heated. And so they tried to get like TikTok heated the, those accounts. That's and... the stuff I think when they were talking about contractors, yeah. that was like one of the things it's like, well, these are creators who are doing brand content. Like we want to prove brand content can be better on TikTok platform. Like let's mm. blow those views up. And yeah. and they said that heated uh, like in a day, the total heated videos can account for one to 2% of total video views of that day when they're the Assumption Which, of video views per day on TikTok are like over a billion. Right. So Probably that's a lot more. Lot that, yeah. Of yeah. Views. They'll make it sound small, like, oh, it's only 1%. It's just a small thing but, to do it. But you're like, <laughs> uh, of a billion, though? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot. Uh, right. how many views do you get on trending on YouTube and how many views do you get? Obviously, views are different on YouTube versus TikTok. Oh, yeah. But no, I'd say, uh, wow. Being top five in trending on YouTube, how many views do you think that would get a video? It used to be more. It used to, yeah. It used to be way more. Yeah. I think right now, if I'll have a video like that I know is going to do really well, like a new device comes out or something and it actually ends up on trending, you can go into the analytics and see like it got 1,200 views from trending Mm. or it got 3,000 views from trending. Like it's not enough to change the trajectory of a video that's already successful enough to get Mm -hmm. onto trending in the first place. Yeah, the trending like tab isn't really on the homepage anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's just like some explore page that you can find if you look hard enough. Yeah, whereas I think they used to have it. Much it used to be like literally right here, like one of the yeah. third options on it, the, the menu. YouTube used to have uh, temporary badges. Do you remember these temporary badges? Like under the video where it said? Under videos and channels. You could have a video oh. that is the number 23 most commented video in Brazil in technology this week. Oh, yeah. I don't. Or I you do could have a channel that. that was like the most, the number nine most viewed science and tech channel in the UK yeah. today. Right. And so you'd have just a list of badges under everything. Because everything at that level, when YouTube was much smaller yeah. and there was all kinds of things just popping off, there'd be tons of crazy badges. And then some of the biggest creators would just have monster lists of badges under yeah. every video. It'd just be number one most viewed comedy, number one most viewed comedy of the day, number one most viewed comedy of the week, number one most viewed comedy of the month, number one most viewed comedy, English-speaking country. It would just keep going and going. Yeah. I just, I just remember those days. Now it's like not that big of a deal to be on a homepage of YouTube because... 
that just rotates all the time. It's yeah. customized. So I wanted to talk about this, one, because it's interesting, but two, because we have kind of our own theory behind manual manipulation and YouTube trending, which we talked about a little bit before. But but the main theory being is that we think they're manually working on trending because we've never seen two videos in trending from the same channel oh. at the same time. Right. Including ours, but also just like have never seen it. And, and we've had videos that are like, top 10 trending and are still trending and right. then our next one comes out and it also hits trending and then that one goes away to the to the minute yeah i remember because yeah. okay so mm -hmm. this would happen a, f a couple years ago really where we had a good little streak of like maybe 10 20 videos in a row that hit trending and i would get a notification every time a video hit trending so a video would hit like drop it would do well it would i would get the notification this video is trending cool but we have an embargo tomorrow where we're about to drop a new video, probably in the middle of this current video's peak. So I'd keep an eye on how well it would do on trending. And then right before the embargo, I check the old video is still on trending. I drop the new video. It does really well. The second the new video notification pops up that that hit trending, I would check the old video and it would be off of trending. No matter how high or low it was, it would be off trending. So I was like, oh, there's probably some sort of a fail safe for like a algorithmic loop where if you add something manually to trending, it just takes other things from the same channel off trending so that it's not too favored, something yeah. like that. Uh, never confirmed this, but I think at one point I finally did have at one point two videos on trending for like two hours. Same channel, not from, from one our of channel. our other channels? Yeah. One was really high, one was really low, and they were both on trending oh. for a little bit. Well, then bit. that may have it only, once. it only happened once and i don't know if that's because the person maybe forgot to remove the old video or if there is no mechanical thing that forces the video out of trending when you add a new one i don't really know yeah it's just a theory it seems like it should happen though because like mr beast puts out videos close enough to each other where both of them could be sure. the two most popular videos on youtube mm. and they won't be well his, his main, main channel, channel it would only be uh from a single channel like he could yeah. have videos yeah yeah no, that's what channels I'm talking about. on trending at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, his yeah, main yeah. channel he has like three weeks between videos yeah he's had some in the past that have been close enough and all of his stuff is just destroying like should be on trending essentially every yeah. single time i wonder if like casey neistat daily vlogs did that oh yeah because they were that's another good example yeah i yeah. was a good time anyway it's a theory a that's game theory the YouTube theory. The, the YouTube TikTok theory. theory seems to be uh, pretty much proved. It's confirmed. Confirmed, which, I mean, I'm pretty sure every social media platform that you're on has some sort of person behind the scenes at some point doing something to increase viewership for some reason. Mostly the reason's money for the social media platform. Also for safety, to just make sure crazy things True. don't trend. My Twitter trending topics are typically pretty niche. When I go to Twitter, it'll be like, you know, Galaxy Unpacked is trending or like Apple is trending, like classic stuff. But then it'll be like USB-C iPhone will be trending on Twitter. I'm like, I know that's not trending for everybody on Twitter right now, but just me, just mine. I'll have like real yeah. niche tech things trending on mine, which is probably not surprising. I'm looking at trending right now and the titles of the videos that are trending are very strange. On YouTube? Yeah, two cry face emojis is one of the titles. Those are shorts. Th that's interesting. They have a creator that's on the creator rise. on the rise and just has five of her shorts right at the top they do that sometimes hmm. yeah that makes that makes more sense for shorts they have a lot of shorts on trending right now i guess like a short title is kind of weird though because if you're going through the shorts page you're basically not even seeing the title right mm -hmm. yeah because you're just scrolling yeah, hmm. you have to go 
When was the last time you opened up YouTube and went to trending? I this just is the first that, time right? in a long time. I was now. just going to say that. Very, yeah. This is the first time I think I've I think, done this like ever. I think that's why it has so it used to be traffic. It used to be way more popular. It used yeah. to be essentially right next to the homepage. Mm-hmm. Like you would have your homepage trending and your subscriptions, and it would be a huge deal to show up on all three. You could be on the YouTube homepage and trending and people subscribe to you, you're going to get clicks. It's great. It's a great place to be. Now, if you want to go to find trending, over on the left, there's home, short subscriptions, originals, YouTube music, then all of the playlists and stuff that you have signed in and your own subscriptions. Then underneath that, the explore tab has trending underneath it. So trending is sort of a sidebar. Trending is dead. Sidebar. Yeah, I feel like YouTube is just getting more and more algorithmic. And it's just like, don't pick things, just have things served to you. Yeah. I mean, shorts is a good example of that, but even videos. But I mean, I mean my recommended has been on fire lately. That's the thing. Their yeah. their recommended page is like so much better for yeah. that at this point. Yeah, Trivia. so that's pretty much it. I think probably we'll we're gonna talk about this OnePlus Eleven that I've been sitting on. I've had this phone for maybe three weeks, which is longer than usual. But mm. we'll talk about it after the break. But first, let's get our first trivia question. Trivia. So. Actually, you've had that phone for so long that I forgot that we had it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Do we even have that phone? You're like, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, I was it's like, been oh, a snap. While. Yeah. Okay. I remember it coming in. <laughs> anyway, thoughts? so Many we thoughts. spoke about TikTok today, whose parent company is ByteDance, a giant Chinese company. So the question when was ByteDance founded? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was ByteDance founded? Mm-hmm. How Megacorp. long has it been around? That does feel Megacorp, kind of, in the way it's named ByteDance. Too easy. Bite dance. Well, well, we'll think about our answers. We'll get to it at the very end. Oh, wow. But let's... Uh, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Anyway. Bite dance. Small dances, like short videos of people dancing. Yeah. Is it a bite or a bit? Is it a bit dance? Bit rate. <laughs> Eight. Bring on the ads. Eight seconds of dancing. We'll be back. Ad time. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR 
into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. I have a hot take, uh, and this is this is sort of spur of the moment, but I, could, I think I can back it up, and maybe there's devil's advocates in the room. I think the OnePlus 11 is not only a really good phone, but uh, it's better overall than the Galaxy S23. Better buy. Hear me out. I'll explain. So, <laughs> wait. Hear me out first. Galaxy S23 is $799. Uh, OnePlus 11 is $699. So, what's the difference between those two phones? Because we're very familiar with Samsung's offering. OnePlus kind of in flux, and this is one of their better phones. Um, this phone, the OnePlus that I'm holding now, has a better camera array, has a better battery and battery life, has faster charging, has an arguably better or worse design, depends on how you feel. It has the alert slider. Uh, it has a better screen, and it has the same Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. They both have 8 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage to start, um, but the OnePlus has a 1440p 120 hertz OLED with a 1,000 hertz touch sample rate, which Samsung's base phones have 1080p displays. Uh, it also has a bunch of little things. Wi-Fi 7, Bluetooth 4.0, LPDDRX 5 RAM, UFS 4.0 storage. And it's only missing one thing that the Samsung has, which is wireless charging. And other than that, it's even across the board. 100 bucks less, I think this is the better device. Yeah. Am I crazy? I'm going to let David go on this first. I mean, the wireless charging is, it's annoying to me that wireless charging is always the thing that you take out when you make a cheap, quote-unquote, cheaper phone. I can't Classic. agree more. Especially yeah. when they put, like, Wi-Fi 7 and all this, like, super bleeding-edge stuff in it. It's kind of just strange. Like, the wireless charging cables can't cost that much, but maybe it was for the design. I think, yeah, I would I would buy that over the Galaxy S23 for sure. Yeah. yeah. I also just don't really love Samsung's UX. So, and their phones are just exceedingly boring to me now, which is part of their strategy, but, yeah, you know. I'll talk about the UX on this phone in a second. We had the review out by the time you're watching this, but, Andrew, what do you think? I mean... I think wireless charging, I can't believe they don't have it. OnePlus like started doing wireless charging too, so to take it away again to but be that, only in the pros though. I mean, they still started doing it and I don't know. Well, I feel I've said it a million times when you're in the wireless charging, once you're in yeah. the ecosystem of it, getting out of it feels like that's true caveman so if you like yeah. plugging my phone in now feels weird right because you're already in it like if you already yep. use a phone that has wireless charging it's much harder to to upgrade to a phone that doesn't have wireless charging yeah, yeah. For sure. but if you've never had wireless charging which maybe a lot of OnePlus customers or a lot of people currently using other 500 hundred dollar phones don't have maybe that are older then true. this is less big of a deal and that's where they decide to save money. I don't know how much like wi-fi 7 costs to implement versus wi-fi 6 like i don't know wi-fi 6e is great but like Am I ever going to notice that this phone has Wi-Fi 7? Probably not. Yeah. So it's like weird that they would they would flex a little bit on those completely intangible, unnoticeable things, but then skip out on like a very noticeable, relatively cheap feature. Yeah. Like wireless charging. They intentionally said they weren't going to make a pro version 
this time. Well, I bet you they will. I just wonder what would go in a pro version of this phone because it has everything except wireless charging, basically. Yeah, they they kind of pitched this phone to me way back when they introduced it to me weeks ago as like we want to keep it simple. We've had these like pro phones and T phones and other phones in the past. We want to we just simplify it and just make one flagship. So there is no pro. This is the flagship. It's the OnePlus 11. So I don't think they're going to make one that also has wireless charging. I think this is their flagship. 699, pretty good for a flagship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. It's got the 1440p LTPO. It's got like a really, it's it's very quick. It's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery with 80 watt charging. Yeah. Phenomenal battery life anyway. So I feel like when I do plug it in once in a while, it's great. So yeah, I do miss wireless charging, but it's a really good battery. I'm gonna yeah. butt in there really quick on that. If we're saying the pro versions are the only one that had wireless charging, but then this is they're saying this is their flagship, that's mm-hmm. the pro. That is the oh, top is. level yeah. then, and then it's yeah. not yeah. an excuse to not yeah, have just wireless not. charging anymore. Yeah. It's a I think it's a bad move. But the pro was eight ninety nine. I'm just saying it was their top level one. They were okay with wireless charging. So maybe they're going a totally different route now, but like it they took away wireless charging in it's, my eyes. Maybe it's this is their flagship. Just, they took it away. This is their flagship, but they're just giving up on Pro. I, I think there's other companies that it, did this too. They just gave up on a high end phone, like if, Motorola. If they just didn't do the Ultra anymore, they would just have their normal high end phones and not do a thousand dollar phone. It kind of feels like that's what OnePlus did. They had like a tier system and they just got rid of the top tier. Do you know who this feels like? Who? OnePlus. Well, yeah. <laughs> is that weird to say? Like this feels like the one, the one plus when we all loved one plus. I also and I like po- that point but. out. It's it's kind of hilarious that they um they when we gave them the bust of the year award in December, <laughs> they started using that as marketing for this phone, and they tweeted like a couple weeks ago. They were like. This award is what motivated us to make the OnePlus 11. It's like, no, this was in development for eight yeah. months before we gave it this award. Say, like, Maybe it's a little can't. bit of marketing. They, so when we put out the, the smartphone awards, they were the first ones to claim their award. That's got to be the first time the bust of the year is the first one to claim their award. Yeah. But they did. They took their trophy first. Also, a lot of other companies have taken their trophies now, which is cool. But yeah, then now they're going around like tweeting pictures of it. Like, this is the one we're going to defy. Yeah. All right, cool, great. Yeah. So this is the response. I mean, I got to say, I mean, the review is going to be out by the time you guys, I think, see this podcast, but it is a really good phone and it does feel like the OnePlus of the past that's like undercutting the Samsungs and mm-hmm. iPhones of the world. The cheapest iPhone, other than the SE, is going to be more expensive than this. The cheapest uh, Samsung flagship is more expensive than this. So in that sense, it feels like a, a good deal. I did also want to mention my UI quirks okay. that I hate about this phone they're Mm. so subtle but like this is running that new software that we've seen you know oppo and oneplus merge together with um one thing that i can do on every single android phone i use is i can swipe to dismiss notifications left or right simple thing i just go back and forth i got five notifications boom 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 swipe them all away this phone you can only swipe to dismiss to the right if you swipe to the left it just pulls up settings and does a half swipe you can't Get rid of notifications to the left. That's one thing. The second thing is every single other Android phone that I use, you can use two phones to swipe down and expand a notification. So if I have like six new group me messages or six new Slack messages, I can like swipe down and decide to open the ones in the autofocus Mm -hmm. Slack or the ones in the main Slack. On this one, you can't do that. You have to just tap it and then tap which one you want to get into. You have to tap. You, you can't just open the app. So basically before, 
if I had a group notifications from GroupMe and I just tapped it, it would just open GroupMe. Mm-hmm. With this one, I tap it, it expands them, and then I have to tap again. So just it's just these little weird gesture things that just make it slightly harder and more annoying to use in my notifications that make me so annoyed with how at that if they just added that one setting where they allow me to actually use notifications the way every other phone works, I would probably daily this phone. I think it's my favorite phone so far of the year. It's pretty early, but it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Is wireless charging <laughs> important to you? To me, no. I I am if you give me 80 watt charging, I can live without wireless charging. Like it is a little bit less convenient because I have wireless charging in my car. Uh, but I can deal with the fact that this battery life is so good that I'm fine with not charging in my car. And when I get home, I'll plug in for two minutes and I'll have a bunch more battery. Mm. So I'm fine with that. I really like it. It's just like that, a couple that's, weird software quirks that bug me so I feel much. like that's so interesting to me. I The only place I don't have wireless charging is my car. Mm. And I mean, I plug it in because I'm using Android Auto already, but you that's so weird that you would prefer to not charge in your car and prefer to charge at home i would rather charge in the place where i'm like locked into a seat for x amount of time yeah versus going home when i would rather just have my phone like near me yeah i guess i'm if i'm at home i'm just kind of around and it doesn't matter as much but when i'm in the car that's a classic battery draining activity where my phone's Mm -hmm. full brightness streaming music gps is on like a bunch of stuff happening so if it's sitting in the car and it's not charging that's when i lose the most battery so if I have a wireless charger in my car, that helps me like keep at least the battery yeah. at the same level so it's not like plummeting. Uh, this one, I just like do all the normal GPS stuff and it takes a small hit out of the battery and it's fine because the battery life is excellent. And then I get home and at some point, if I find a charger, I plug in while I'm in the shower or something and it's all the way back to 90% and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the I, I think I talk about this in a lot of uh, phones with fast charging in the review, I'm like, you can either give me a really long battery life or fast charging or convenient charging experience. And if you can kind of do a little bit of both, then I'm happy. So yeah, I, I like this phone. It's just that that little bit of software quirk and feature is, is what bugs me. But I, it's got a lot going for it. For some reason, they're also saying that the camera array is um, like supposed to be a black hole. We can talk about the cameras. Yeah. Let's talk about the cameras. Uh, visually, you want to talk about the design of the, the camera bump yeah, or whatever yeah yeah this is uh it's a matte black phone it's supposed to kind of be like a starry night type of thing I, it's fine it's a little slippery but whatever it's fine and then yeah you got a big cutout that's a circle on the side of the phone i don't mind it it's a it's annoying to sometimes have it rock it's not too bad it's not the prettiest thing in the world but it's got pretty good cameras uh the main camera Oh, Hasselblad's back too, by the way. Remember how they just didn't do it for a couple phones for some reason? And they spent like $150 million on this partnership. It's back. (laughs) So Hasselblad's back. I don't know what that means exactly optically, but the photos look really good. I have a lot of low light examples, a lot of video examples. The camera is actually very solid on this phone. There's also a telephoto and an ultra wide. It's good. It's a good camera. I think the camera bump looks bad. Looks bad. Is it a deal breaker bad or is it just like mildly? I don't think a a, dish. The look of a phone on the back is ever quite deal breaker bad. Ever, I'm a case person too, so it doesn't uh, quite matter as much. Oh, but so like, who cares? It could look like anything. I like the way it looks. It. I don't like the way it looks. Really? It's like kind of doing the like over the edge, like the S21, but then it's also doing a big circle, like the mate, and it's then like it's also like combining it. them, which then just adds. We have three different layers of bumps now, and no, it's less seamless than it looks what the weird. S21 did. It looks for like sure. um. 
who's the the uh, superhero that has like the eyepiece that comes around the side of their eye? Oh, the cartoon one, Cyclops. No, he has the full yeah, the thing. Whole thing. Like spy kids? Eye. Is it just like <laughs> spy yeah, kids. spy kids? Like it looks, Dragon it's Ball very Z. Spy kids. Yeah. yeah, I think Dragon Ball Z might oh, be one of yeah, the yeah. power levels. Like this, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This one's observing power levels the, all day. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Now it's if you put a case on it though, I'm sure it'll just. I think the black hole thing is supposed to be because it has this like little shiny starry thing on the inside. Yeah, but black holes aren't shiny. Yeah. Well, black we have hole. to imagine a black hole in some way. You can't even see a black. A, hole. Black holes also don't say Hasselblad across the front of them. <laughs> in the right across <laughs> the middle, the branding of a That's black hole. Can <laughs> prove it. <laughs> it's a black hole at the center of our yeah, galaxy. If this was Hasselblad actually a black hole, you just couldn't even see the camera. But that's hard to engineer. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> no, but yeah, it, they should have used it like black. it like sucks the light like a black hole yeah, into the sensor. True. Yeah, I know. It like I get that. It gobbles it up. It gobbles it. One of my favorite things is in their um in their briefing they described it as seductively curvy <laughs> and irresistibly like shiny or something. Uh and if it's a black hole, technically it's seductively curvy. A black hole is seductive because you can't escape the pull it's irresistible it's irresistible yeah <laughs> so audio yeah. listeners andrew is like destroying his I'm loving, I'm loving black this holes so are much. irresistibly curvy it's it's a fact technically true it's scientifically true <laughs> technically true that's actually true yeah no this this one's fine it's fine in hand it feels really good i always love that oneplus does the like the shallower edges so phones just feel thinner despite being the same size as every single other phone mm-hmm. um and they always have fantastic first party cases yeah. i've always have thought that's yeah. one of the best thing oneplus has ever done i always thought they should be a case business it's seriously they make the best first party cases yeah yeah this would be a good phone to put a case on so it would look unlike, it would look better better more like a like a <laughs> cover that black phone. hole unlike yeah. the google ones that are just absolute crap what the happened fabric ones? No, no i missed the fabric after ones. the fabric ones oh, what happened the, after silico- the, fabric? the silicone ones Actually, I'm using one now. It's I never use this. Fine. So it's just the boring. New, the new gen, like the Pixel Seven silicone, is better, but the Pixel Six silicone cases were like. Which phone oh looks better God. to you? Mine. The OnePlus Eleven. I think the, the Pixel, Pixel looks or better. the OnePlus. The Pixel or the OnePlus? I think the OnePlus looks better. I think the Pixel looks better. I think the Pixel definitely looks better, but mm. I don't think the OnePlus looks terrible. It's just trying too much. That's trying fair. too hard, man. That's I mean, are we all? I would prefer they try too much versus the S23, which tries literally a negative amount. Yeah, it didn't do any. I mean, if you thought the S23 was fine before, this won't change your mind about it. But if you didn't like the S23 you or S22, you definitely don't like the S23 because it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it just like looks the exactly same. the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, anyway, you should check out the full review. That'll be out either soon or is already out by the time you see this. But uh, not a whole ton to say. I'm glad we got to get through it, though. I'm excited for the q and I am yeah. very curious what people want to ask us. And what we, and I, as far as I can tell, you guys have picked questions for us. I haven't, we haven't, seen, we haven't seen them yet. We, we know Only that it was Ellis polled. and I know. Okay, so it was pulled on Twitter. And I got tagged in some, but I didn't read any of them. So this will be the first time we look at them. So we'll do that after the break. But first, let's do Another trivia question. All right, so a little preview for the Q&A to come. George G on Twitter, at gmcfly underscore 81, asked us, can we please have more agricultural slash orchard <laughs> trivia related oh. content? Wait, I actually, somebody wrote something <laughs> about the apple tree they don't come most of them don't come from a seed they come from a graft yeah you have to graft it if you want it to grow quicker 
good apples. No, no, you wanted to eat it. To grow good apples, yeah. you have to graft if it. You plant yeah. an ap- Look, if you plant an apple seed in the ground, you're going to get a sour apple, a little crab apple. You're going to feed that to a horse. That's fine. If you want an edible apple, you got to graft. What maybe. is grafting? This isn't a tech wow. question. You shave off a branch and you yeah. like connect oh. it into the new seedling. Did I like, say it had to be an edible apple or just an apple? <laughs> I will say, I did recently stay stay at an Airbnb in California, and in the front tree was, the front yard was an orange tree that you could just grab one off and eat, and it was was fine. Okay. That's how they were? Yeah, yeah. You are not the first person from the Mid-Atlantic to express the surprise. People don't know that? It's it's like amazing. Yeah, we have orchards all over, and you can just like eat the fruits off of it. I, I had like orange trees. If you trees. see a fruit tree in New Jersey, do not, <laughs> do not eat what's no, on that tree. I have, I had a friend from Philadelphia, and when he came to my parents' house, and we have like grapefruit trees and orange trees and stuff because everyone does in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. uh, he was like, "What's the regen rate?" <laughs> yeah, the regen. Yeah, I was like, "Are we going to deplete like, this tree?" Response. You don't understand what's the season, scale? baby. Um, huh. They yeah. were good. Okay. Well, on this note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to get it wrong. Whatever the question is. Yeah. Mung beans prefer which kind of soil? No shot. A, silty soil. B, sandy soil. I don't even know what that is. C, clay soil. You're just saying monk bean? Monk or beans. D, <laughs> loamy soil. Why? I don't know what that is either. This, this is, is what the people wanted. This, this is even It probably is tech adjacent, so it there's definitely some <laughs> no. way that... I would love a connection to tech. I can't possibly... I, I think we'll see in the answers or I'll be this strongly disappointed. We'll find well, out. I think you're going to be strongly disappointed. <laughs> it's just a mung bean question. <laughs> what even is a mung bean? That's exactly what I'm thinking. I have no idea. Really? This is made up. No idea. I only know mung up. beans from the TikTok trend. <laughs> What? what TikTok trends? <laughs> Where they take the mung beans and play music with it. What? <laughs> what are you All right, talking about? We need about? to go to ad break. This is, this is way too long. This is completely <laughs> sideways. Let's get it back on the rails after the ads. Oh we'll be right back. Gosh. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? 
not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, welcome back. Well, kind of welcome back. Welcome back to the future a little bit. So long story short, we recorded the first half of the podcast that you've already listened to a week early because Adam, as you can tell, was out. But then we had all these AI events and we figured sound the alarm, emergency podcast, we got to get back in here anyway and talk about what just happened because there's a lot of this sort of feels like pivotal, like a sort of a turning point for AI. So we're back in the future of the past a little bit. Anyway, okay, so this event or two, this week we had two events that were public. One was a Microsoft event and then one was a Google event the next day. The Microsoft one, I'd say much more substantial because they are showing things that they're actually shipping and that are new and that are very different from what they've done in the past with Bing. Um, and then we did get a little bit of stuff along the same lines with Google, with Bard. Let's start with Microsoft, though. Uh, new Bing experience, a chat GPT integration on the side that sort of helps you search with Bing. It's like a co-pilot, as they described it. It's, very, it's a really interesting implementation of AI. We we're kind of yeah. wondering how they would do this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so they have two versions of it. There is one that's more of like a traditional search where you do a normal Bing search, not a Google search. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a bunch of context appears on the side and it sort of gives you your answer in a more natural language kind of way as if you were asking ChatGPT. Uh, and then there's also just a chat interface, which is basically just chat GPT. Yeah, just talk. So you can have the traditional, like, give me a bunch of links, but also if I'm just asking a question or asking for a recipe or for some reason one of their implementations was asking for a travel itinerary, mm -hmm. it, it will give you, like, all the things on the side. And then it'll, what's kind of cool is that it will, it'll source, like, the top three links that it's sort of grabbing from which is interesting because it's doing inference but it's also Sourcing. giving you link link information which is good yeah however yeah uh websites might start to have some trouble yeah with this is that's yeah this was the this is the fundamental thing so <laughs> the idea is we're at a pivotal point with ai because it's not just fun interesting tools that happen to be ai powered we know what ai is already but now it's big companies taking these AI models and integrating them with consumer-facing products, like real products. And one of the first big pivotal versions of this is search. So Google search is very well known. Microsoft's Bing search is also very well known. And this is this opportunity to have AI help you search the internet, which is interesting because, and we will talk probably a lot about this, but when you search the internet, fundamentally what you're doing is crawling the entire internet for whatever phrase you typed in and then getting a list of things. Sometimes it's some ads at the top and then a list, but you get a list of links and then you can dive in from there. That's why I have 500 tabs open at a time. I will <laughs> not excuse that. I, I, I don't think that's a good excuse. <laughs> I opened everything on the first page. <laughs> yes. Um, so the idea of AI being integrated in search is 
instead of just giving you a list of links, it can actually crawl information from those pages and from all of these websites and give you a natural language answer to your question instead of you having to dive into the links. Sounds helpful, but when you're a publisher yeah. in those links, that suddenly becomes a really existential question, which is like, how how will this impact us? How will this work? Does the economy completely change? Does the business model change? Lots of questions are unanswered about this. Um, and I just, I, I like mentioning that like Google's had this AI stuff for like a long time. Like yeah. when you ask Google Assistant, like what is um, the capital of Japan? And it goes, it just says at the top, Tokyo. And then it gives you the list of links like like usual, but it just tells you the answer at the top so you don't have to dive into the right. links. And the more complex that question gets, the more dicey and potentially complicated that answer will get. Yeah. So if Google and Bing are gonna promise you like a nice written response, there's a lot of questions about that response. How good can it be? Where is it pulling from? Is it accurate? So if I just ask like a math question, like what's five plus seven? It can tell me it's 12 and be pretty confident about it. But if I ask it, what are, this is the example on stage at the Microsoft event, what are the 10 best TVs to buy? Now suddenly it has to decide how to serve the 10 best TVs. It's probably pulling from other websites who have made lists of the best TVs and it's giving you its top 10 and sourcing you to it, but now I'm never going to that other website, right? Yeah, I I also don't know, was that specifically on stage or Neelai had a really good decoder episode with Satya? That and, was on stage, the oh, 10, it was on stage. 10 TVs. Okay, because yeah. he brought that up and I, I appreciate that he asked something like this because as someone who's worked with The Verge so long, this is, feels like something that will directly affect them. And that 10 TV question, it couldn't hit closer to home for him. Um, and he pretty much asked like, how am I, go like how is The Verge going to get traffic sources and essentially like income from advertisers if you search for the 10 best TVs and chat GPT just says, here's the 10 best TVs. Yeah. Satya would respond with, well, they're going to see that, want to learn more and go through the links of it. But I, I are we all in agreement that like, I think most people would probably see that and direct to go to Amazon. I'm or interested in how this plays out in the future because if chat GPT was able to like have embed or not chat GPT, but Bing search assistant. Yeah, we'll call it yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah. Chat if it was able to have like hyperlinks within its contextualized thing, mm. then because the thing is, people want to go down the path of least resistance. And the whole reason why companies or why publishers make so much money on SEO articles, the like best, best this oh, articles, yeah. is because of that. Um, what is it called when you click on a link? Like and affiliate through, links. Affiliate links. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, people are going to want to take the path of least resistance to get to the product, right? And it's going to be weird if they just list the top 10 best TVs, but then you have to like separately copy the top one, go to Amazon, and yeah, I don't know. I think that the publisher like SEO model has been kind of broken since the beginning, and I think all of the S I think all the publishers would probably agree with that because they've had to change the way that they write content. They've had to change the way that they like game search engines and do search engine optimization is literally the term, which seems yeah. like you're kind of trying to like game the system it's already. A very, it's a very gray area. It's I gray. think anyway. I think if they had a new model where whatever links chat gpt showed on the side the like top 
three or four links that got displayed that it said the context was coming from would get like a small, a few cents or something. Yeah. I feel like that would be a cool model. Interesting. Th- that's way less than an affiliate link click though. Yeah, true. And I highly, I mean, I, they didn't say anything. I can't imagine this pulling an affiliate link from a page and putting it in yeah, no. the chat thing. I don't think there's any chance. And that's also still, yeah. which is less, taking away from banner advertisers totally anything else yeah. on a website and just traffic in general to try and sell those banner ads now like your website could be getting a hundred active users or a million active users a month i could see that getting cut in half I very it, easily it has this. fundamentally it has to go down like if yes. you if you are the and i say it's a gray area because there's like the how to watch the super bowl online article where it's like someone's going to google that and you yeah. just want to be as close to the top as possible yeah. and then there's just like straight gaming it so uh-huh. there is like a whole list of things you can do but it's like if the whole point of this ai help is to give you an answer instead of you sorting through links then functionally less people will go to the links right right so there will have to be a hit there but my all, my other question is I guess just in like user behavior, and I think I think this depends on, my theory is this depends mostly on how big of a financial decision you're making, but do people actually just take the answer from the top of search and then just leave? I think if it's just, I think, okay, took, yeah. I think if it's just a fact question, <laughs> yeah. like what's the fastest animal in the ocean? And at the top <laughs> it says, the top speed of a swordfish is 40 miles an hour. Okay, I, I left, I didn't click any links. Uh-huh. But if you ask, give me a recipe for banana bread, maybe I just take the recipe it spits out and leave, or maybe I check a couple more, or maybe I'm looking for a little more involvement. There's like three or four interesting recipes to choose from or something. I think there was a question uh, on stage, which was like, give me an itinerary to a vacation in Europe. And it was like, okay, you will fly to Spain. You will see this museum. You will take a bus <laughs> to this other city like or hotel. You all those things separately. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I, there's no way I go, okay, that's what I'll do, and then just leave. <laughs> like, you still need <laughs> to d- dig into the links and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I always just wondered that. Like, when people see the top 10 TVs listed out by Bing and ChatGPT, do they just go, okay, I'll take the top and one. And then go to Best Buy and buy it. And just take, yeah, pick the one that's in their price range, or do they research a little more? I feel, I, I feel like I don't know like what regular research. people do. I, I agree. I don't, like, <laughs> I we, think it's like monkey at the keyboard, right? You have to assume they do the least amount of work possible. D- Twitter literally had to implement something a few years ago where if you tried to retweet an article without clicking into it, it said, are you sure you want to retweet this? Because yeah. they know how many people are yeah. reading a headline, yep. and that's the yeah. gospel after yeah. that. So, like, why wouldn't you just say, "Hey, ChatGPT, what are the t- top ten best TVs?" And like, it might go a little further. Like, give me one in a, around th- the closest to three hundred dollars, and one that's got free shipping. Like, it'll narrow it down. Why yeah. would you ever go to a link after that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I also want to say a really strange, potentially existential problem and recursive problem is that the the chat bot has to create context based on web pages right mm-hmm. but if traffic stops going to those web pages and publishers become less oh, likely sorry. to publish <laughs> yeah i mean like look, no you're if, right like, you stop getting traffic you stop publishing content about that thing then the chat bot's not going to work mm-hmm. it's a recursive problem it's like these publishers are not going to publish free content yeah. if they don't get clicks on it yeah, if the primary source of your traffic and the reason you publish things is because you get search volume and clicks from that, then your incentive goes away yeah. and you stop making the stuff. Yeah. So hopefully you have a different 
incentive. Like you have subscribers or something. This yeah. is, I was like, I was picturing the YouTube version of this, which is like, we make YouTube videos. Let's say I go to YouTube and I say, what's the best smartphone Samsung mates right now? Yeah. And it just says Galaxy S23 Ultra at the top and like gives you a little summary. A lot of people won't watch the video, right? They yeah. probably wouldn't click into watch our videos. So our incentive goes down at least yeah i think it's crazy we have entertainment val like youtube has entertainment value yeah, so i think true. it's a little tougher and not to say that there isn't entertainment value in text there clearly is but like i think in a lot of those situations where you're trying to find something fast but like the main thing i think of is wire cutter mm. why would wire cutter oh, ever exist god you're right like wire cutter is basically just like yeah they survive on affiliate links yeah we are a place that does a ton of testing just to tell you a list yeah. And now you are never going to go to my website ever again. Yeah. Like if ChatGPT or Bing whatever just says like, well, Wirecutter's favorite lawnmower is this and you yeah, go buy that. That's a great that. point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is all sitting on the back of the fact that the internet went a certain way where it was completely free and the ad market had to run the internet because this is this is like the whole like web three like thing that they like to parrot is that the internet could have gone the direction where Previously, you bought a newspaper for a dollar. You mm -hmm. bought a magazine. And so to access content on any website, you'd have to pay microtransactions, right, to read an article. Like, that's the same thing as buying a newspaper. Yeah, paywalled. And it's just because everything became free, which I think is fantastic because, like, more power, more information to everybody is, like, better. But because of that, it has to be paid for somehow, and ads are paying for it. So now we're seeing this, like potentially scary situation where at, upending the ad model yeah and the yeah. ad models of what allows publishers to publish for free yeah yeah <laughs> if, if you were still at android authority right now seeing this coming out would you be like a little worried um well i guess if i was running the website probably it's, okay sure. <laughs> well but, but even like you're at the website now the person who's running yeah, it is worried and true. now that person has to pay yeah. you and i put a ton of work into like the reviews exactly. the written reviews and if you just ask chat gpt like how good is the one plus eight yeah it has to pull from somewhere yeah it's gonna pull from what we put together yeah it pulls yeah. from android authority android central and xda developers and then it just puts it on the side so i guess does it really just come down to entertainment value like the difference between surviving in this new <laughs> model and not surviving is is there a reason to view your content other than just the the headline list it's hard because i i think that's a big part of it like i i go to the verge every single day i read almost every single article that they put out and a lot of it does have to do with like the way it's written and contextualized yeah um it would be worse if there was like a version of this bing chat gpt thing where you could just be like, oh, tell me about, I guess you could do this, like tell me about the new Asus monitor and it just like pulls all of the written yeah. information. Tell me about the new Asus monitor in the style of a David review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, something you didn't even Stop. review. It's like, here, I got you. Yeah. GPT's got you. I do yeah. think um, like loyalty and trustworthiness will still play a role here. So like mm -hmm. maybe you're not a video tr like uh, entertainment value, but if you've been following someone who's, reviewing stuff or just doing ranking lists and you've used those lists before to to like your uh, benefit like then you would probably stick with that than asking ChatGPT things yeah, in that sure. sector but how many sectors are there how many yeah. like if you maybe trust somebody for uh tv recommendations when you're looking for a recipe you might be like oh i don't really care so much i'm gonna yeah, let right. this do a recipe it, instead it definitely becomes the secondary which For is like sure. most people most of the time will just ask the chatbot the question 
And then secondary is some people will go, oh, I'll, let me dig through the links because there's a guy I like who I think made a list that I trust. Yeah. Uh, and I, trustworthiness also comes down to the biggest AI question in my yes. opinion, which mm-hmm. is uh, these chatbots don't know if what they're saying is a true statement or not. Yeah, it's just reference. It's referencing, it's compiling sentences or paragraphs based on what it's read, but it doesn't know if yeah. what it pulled from or what it's saying it's is true. real or not. Yeah. Again, fairly inconsequential when it's give me a banana bread recipe. Right. Maybe even not that inconsequential if you just go show me the top 10 TVs, right? It'll it'll pull from a bunch and it'll just say, here's the top 10 TVs. Maybe it's missing one of the better TVs. Oh, okay. Well, you'll probably still get a decent one. But, um, oh, there's no, uh, I put this in the waveform slack. Uh, sometimes it'll just lie. So one of the, one of the funny things is in a literal Google, like, copy f- promoting so bard is like the the newest version of what they're doing powered by lambda which is like this you know conversation chat uh, you know on top of search same idea and it's like somebody asked what are some new discoveries from the james webb space telescope and google's answer is it spotted a number of galaxies it did a couple of these things it sees deep into the universe and the last bullet point is jwst took the very first pictures of a planet outside of our own solar system no, it didn't. <laughs> it just didn't. That's just not true. Yeah. But it probably pulled that combination of words from something and decided to spit that out. Yeah. So I guess you were kind of cringing at the banana bread recipe. It's some people. Well, you were saying it, it's not <laughs> consequential, but like, come on, that man, that's go, a lot of time. Or like, yeah. what if you're allergic to something? Well, and that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. So oh, you go, give God. me a recipe for this thing. By the way, I'm allergic to this and I'm vegetarian. And it gives you a recipe and you make it and somehow you don't realize that you put in the thing that you're allergic yeah. to like yeah. it could mess that sounds crazy that. but it might be like a seasoning or something that like does have tree nuts in it or whatever and yeah. it yeah. doesn't notice that and now i mean you should do more research but we can all agree here that yeah. people are not so, going to do that in a lot of scenarios here's the thing is like microsoft throughout this entire event made so many like references they were just over and over like do your own research just so you know like you really should be doing your own research like don't take everything for granted they had like an ai ethics session after the event to like get people to understand like and they they said over and over and over again we've been working at this very slowly since we started thinking about it in like 2017 Mm -hmm. about how do we do this without potentially just spreading misinformation like crazy um the kind of interesting thing is that like people generally still believe the first thing that they see on the Mm -hmm. internet so it's not necessarily that different it's just the fact that there's now these ai models that are known to hallucinate and create misinformation by accident uh and then that's a good word yeah (laughs) and then people don't really understand it's another variable which is like in the sense of misinformation depending on what it is one more variable could be catastrophic i mean like it's not good it's it's not good to have one extra thing that could be starting to spread stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of terrifying, honestly. Uh, what's cool about it, though, is... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. An upside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ChatGPT, uh, it was a model that was specifically trained, and it had an end date that that data was trained on. So it can't tell you n- about stuff that has been released or written about after a certain date. It says, mm-hmm. my model was created on this date, so I only have information up to this date. But what Bing's ChatGPT thing is doing is I, I asked on Twitter like what how this is working because retraining a model that rapidly would be insanely computationally expensive and also I don't even know if you can train a model over as, and over. as new links are propagating throughout the internet. Yeah. Um, what someone said is they think that the 
the model is able to search the web and then take what it finds and then contextualize it. Okay. So, I mean, that's cool. That's yeah. impressive. It, it still does have to rely on being up to date because so much of what people search, I was yeah. going to say Google, but whatever thing you search online is like recent. Like yeah. if someone, if some news came out, someone just died, some event, some earthquake just happened, yeah. something happened. If you Google it or look it up and it starts telling you things that are out of date, right? that's not great. Yeah. So that's so it can hopefully do it. able to pull yeah. new information. A lot of people at the event were testing on the demo units they had. Like, what did Microsoft announce on February uh, 7th? And did it And it, it? it did it. Yeah. Just okay. waved. Yeah. It just, <laughs> just waved at me. them. Me. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, and then um, there's also a new Edge browser, right? Yep. And I actually think that the AI features in the Edge browser are potentially more useful than the search stuff. Um, there's a really cool thing where you can ask it to summarize a web page mm -hmm. or a document that you're looking at, and you can ask questions about its content. So, like, one of the examples that they gave was, like, this 32-page Gap Inc. earnings report or something that is Jeez. just incredibly long. Yeah, not trying to read that. And you just, you're using Edge, and you use this Copilot feature, and you just, just say, like, can you summarize this document for me? And oh. it says, like, Gap reported net sales of 4.4 billion, up 2% compared to last year, and comparable sales were up 1% year over year. Gap Inc. recorded gross margin of this. So you don't have to read 32 pages of like jargon. Kids these days have no idea how hard it was to do a research paper. Yeah. Well, Man. this is like the intense irony of this, right? Is that someone went through the effort of like making this huge thing just so someone can like take the bullet points out of it. Yeah. And it's like, are we just eventually just we going to become reductionist and make everything bullet points? Which is not necessarily a bad thing, because that's what we're doing anyway. We're like throwing yeah. away the jargon. Yeah, Satya kind of mentioned a little bit of this in that Decoder interview, which is like in the process of going through and reading the summary and like putting together something using the AI tools, you actually learn a lot about the source material right. because you're diving in and doing the work of summarizing it. And then you don't do that anymore. So it's potentially not awful it's not the it's not like you're completely stopping that process it's just a very different way of doing it like if i when i was in college wow i sound old saying that but like you have to actually read the report right the whole thing like one it's of the terrible. ways that i learn things is by doing research and fact checking right and that's how you learn a thing mm -hmm. is by yeah. going through multiple links and making sure that the first thing that you read wasn't the only source of information that you're paying attention and, to. and being critical about like how do I know what I just read is true? Right. Do I trust this source on this topic? Yeah. What is their source? Is this a primary source or not? Like all of that information goes into your human decision about to trust it or not. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that decision making gets translated into the AI version of like, here's your bullet points. Yeah. The edge summary thing, though, I think is quite cool. I, I immediately looking at that, not a summary, but that would be so awesome in like a uh, like a pdf user manual that's probably like 150 pages and there's something like very specific you have to right. find in there we're just you know now when you do it you're like control f light you want to see yeah. what like three blinking red lights does so you control f light but that's in the page 200 times mm -hmm. so now you have to scroll through that it's like pull it up on the side it's like what happens when there's three blinking lights on the front like right. finding that yeah that because it understands fantastic. the context of even if it says like Error code, three lights blinking. Like it understands what that is mm -hmm. and it can just tell you in regular English yeah. like what to do. Yeah. 
That would yeah. be super. That would be super. Helpful. Do we want to say a couple of the? <laughs> we've been very critical of it. I think rightfully so. There yeah. are some really cool yeah. examples they did. I I have one specifically. I thought okay. was really neat. They did um, essentially, and people were doing this with Chat GPT with like workout plans or meal plans. So they asked it to write a one week meal plan. They're vegetarian, allergic to tree nuts, and it wrote the meal plan for every single day. You take that, say okay, and then you can say. Now turn that into a grocery list divided by like categories of food. So it can say, all right, well, you're eating like this many things in produce. So these will all be in the produce aisle for this week. These will all be That's in nice the thing. dairy aisle. These So like if that comes up with a good enough result for you, like yeah. that is incredible. I That's love so that. nice. I almost feel like every one of these is going to have a, a category Every category is going to have a subgroup that's like, that's not good enough. Where it's the people who are already like yeah. fitness professionals and things like that. Where like, actually, if you're going to make a meal plan around this, you should avoid this common misconception and it's in there and you should get rid of it. It's like when someone asks for the top 10 TVs or smartphones, like most people will just go, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I get to just pick from this list where this subsection of like us, people at the table or like people who review these things are like, actually... These are all about to be outdated because OLED's right around the corner and you're looking at all the right. best LCD TVs from the past 10 years. Context. And it's like, how uh, how do you get these to be good? Yeah. And, and yeah. that's just going to take time, I do guess. You, do you think, and I don't know if they said anything about it, but the whole point of this is you ask it a question and then based on the answer, all your following questions are relative, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any way to edit the... So let's say I asked for the meal plan and I didn't like Wednesday's dinner. Could I imagine going in there and editing Wednesday's dinner, but now still continuing to ask it the rest of the oh, things yeah. that are beneficial relatively? So it's like, well, now find me the grocery list from yeah. that, but I didn't want the original thing you asked me. Probably. I feel like it's kind of good at that already. Probably. Like if you ask ChatGPT for the top you, five of something and you say number four is wrong, it'll go, oh. Okay. Can you replace that with a a chicken dish or something yeah, like that? I think that Probably. If it's not I already guess, there, it probably would okay. be pretty simple yeah. to do that. Which I think is it, cool. Yeah. That seems really nice. Yeah, because yeah, transformer models have memory. And True, that's like the yeah. whole reason they can do it. I guess that. you would you wouldn't edit it, you would ask it to edit yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you'd you'd, you'd top you'd be like, I don't like Wednesdays because it has this thing I don't like. And it would go, Okay, yeah. I've changed Wednesday. And then you go, Okay, now give me the list to shop for. Right. Okay. It's kinda cool. It would be nice if it was continuous though. Like if on Wednesday you had the dinner and then on Thursday you're like, I didn't really like last night's dinner. Can you give me the same <laughs> well, <laughs> like, remembers? Yeah. Oh, uh, now we're just approaching like just like, never like close the tab. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Don't say those words. Don't say those That's words. That's like artificial general intelligence Basically, stuff. Basically, yeah. Um, but there's one other feature in the Edge browser as well. Also, you can ask questions about the contents of the document after you summarize it, which is kind of cool, and it tells you in natural language. Yeah. Um, but the there's also a compose function within Edge that will act as a writing assistant to help you send emails or social media posts based on like a few prompts that you give it. Ooh. I'm sure this That's is going a whole to job. Yeah. This is going to be added to Outlook very soon, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's kind of cool that you could go in Gmail in Edge and then you could just be like, write Marquez an email that says that I want to give me a reason to miss work tomorrow. Yeah. Give me a great yeah. excuse. Yeah. A you're, you're the boss. Excuse. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love how it's a LinkedIn example because, like, <laughs> I feel like that would be super easy. There's like ten things about how to grow your business, ten x, and oh. five simple steps, and that's oh all it God. needs to sh LinkedIn. shove into a LinkedIn. The LinkedIn post. shit posts are now going to be written by AI. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's going to be so and many be more. better than, that. and then they're going to be summarized by AI. <laughs> And just summarized over and over again by themselves. Yeah, recursive. a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Oh, yikes. 
which just transcends into chaos. Well, look, this is it's it's really interesting to, to keep an eye on this stuff. Obviously, Microsoft shipping some stuff soon. Google adding yeah. to what they're doing yeah. soon. So, like, hopefully, we can get our hands on this like new Bing, which is kind of like what we're calling it. I, I want to like. I think we can tell that this is pivotal because of how many times you said new Bing with like a smile on your face and like it's, and like looking forward to it. I, oh, I think that is an example in itself. It's just how many kind of they should have just rebranded it. They should have. When they rebranded Internet Explorer to Edge, it actually like really, really helped its brand identity. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, Edge actually Edge is pretty good. Yeah. But no one would have ever been like, I'm not going to use it. No, it's going to be like, I'm going to use Internet Explorer. Yeah, like, is the baggage with Bing as heavy as Internet Explorer? I think so. Really? Yeah. I think Personally. Bing's worse than Internet Explorer. Really? I think yeah. Internet Explorer had the worst brand. It had a terrible brand. I think Bing, brand. Bing has a pretty terrible You brand. knew Internet Explorer. People don't know Bing. That's, yeah. 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 Okay. Somebody asked at the event, why didn't you just rebrand Bing to something new? I think Neil, oh, yeah. I asked. That's what everyone said. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, we love the Bing brand. And I was like, who is we? <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, Clippy Overlord. It's like, keep the name. Keep yeah. the name. Why didn't they just make this Clippy? Come on. Man, Clippy had a good brand. Yeah, he had a good Say brand. That. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm happy for now that the difference between us being existentially worried about the future of our business and not is the fact that our videos are kind of entertaining, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even though at some point, <laughs> I'm, robot. Sure, I'm sure they'll just start synthesizing interesting 30 second clips at the top of search instead yeah. of having to watch our whole review. But That's until true. then, we're great. Yeah. We're good at this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This I is hope. pretty cool, though, because it's like the very beginning of what is about to be a lot. Like mm -hmm. what was kind of funny, there, there was that Google event in Paris today where they basically just officially announced Bard, which is their chat GPT competitor. Yeah. And obviously they're going to be integrating um, like that kind of function into search at some point and some level, whether they do it the same way as Microsoft is doing, I have no idea. But uh, what was funny is in the Verge article that was summarizing the Google event, they were like, oh yeah, Google showed off Bard, but integrated AI chat is, is still weeks away. And I was like, well, weeks is not that yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> that's not that long. That's a snap of the fingers. Like we're starting this AI war stuff, and it's gonna start moving really freaking fast. Yeah. yeah. So. There's an Apple employee only event next week, also AI based. I think it's like normally I it's yearly. yearly. I think it's different because this year they're going back in person again yeah. and also streaming. But like great timing, though. all yeah, around the timing. same time. Good timing. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're looking into heavy use of this kind of stuff too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The day Apple decides to make a search engine. We'll check it out. Yeah. We'll check it out. Yeah. We'll see. This I mean, feels... series pretty bad, so maybe it'll be awful. Yeah. But yeah. this is the beginning of a lot. Yeah. I think uh, I think it might be worth a main channel video. I'm super interested in the topic. Maybe let us know in the comments if you want to see a bigger, more structured video on AI. That might be something we end up doing. Um, but until then, I think that's been it for now. We'll keep an eye on all this stuff as it evolves. But uh, I think it's now time to go back to the future or forward forward to the past yes where we did the trivia answers back to the past back to the past anyway okay well this is fun uh we'll definitely be back next week with another episode with lots of fun stuff we do have to to do the trivia answers as promised at the end as far as i can tell they're not even tech questions so i probably <laughs> won't even write anything down but let's let's try anyway. Mine let's was try a tech anyway. question. Bro. Oh yeah, we have, we have one tech question. Okay, we have we have a, a tech but question and a non-tech question. The other one's this. multiple choice, so you have a twenty-five. And it was user generated right. or Bro. user requested. Yeah, so. fair. Don't come for my boy George G like this. <laughs> I say for the multiple choice, we each pick a different answer. 
Ooh, all right. Do we all have literally no idea? I have no no clue. Well, let's well, get the first one. Yeah, yeah the first I didn't question. Even listen to the types of mud. So yeah, yes. it wasn't mud. Soil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same thing. First question: When was Bite Dance founded? Gosh, this is a shot in the dark. We can do a uh, closest year wins yeah. for this. Yep. I also will take extra points for the exact day if you get it. What? So one point for the year, two points if you get the day. Like the month and date. That. (laughs) One point for the year, two points for the month, three points for the day. Okay. Wait, but the month and day only count if you get the year correct, right? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Flip them and read them, boys. I said 2006. We were very evenly spread out. 2010. I said 2015. Nice. No good, one got it. Good spread. The closest was Andrew. The correct the correct date was March 13th, 2012. That's, That's when Byte Dance was founded. Wow. Did did Byte Dance own musically? No, they bought them. They bought they musically. Bought. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Perfectly named. If you ran Byte Dance, of course you would buy musically, right? Yeah. For the dance. Music. But the musically thing was a um it was a acapella what is that called it was like karaoke mm. but you're singing no, dancing, dancing along it was dancing it was songs. exactly was what the or, like too. original tiktok was yeah. it was like lip syncing it, it wasn't it was lip syncing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it turned into tiktok but like tiktok's not really lip syncing and acapella are very it, sorry very different yeah, yeah. some of it is still lip syncing really a but mu- musically had a lot of features that uh were like specific to lip syncing like it like there was yeah the whole it was built around that yeah specifically yeah yeah anyway on to the real important stuff yeah yeah uh inspired by the question from george g can we please have more agricultural slash orchard based trivia i'm sorry i couldn't come through on the orchard half but hopefully this satisfies the agricultural half of your request mung beans made up not made up (laughs) real bean mung beans Prefer which kind of soil? <laughs> A. Silty soil. B. Sandy soil. C. Clay soil. Or D. Loamy soil. I, yeah. I'm going to learn something right now. That's all I can tell you. Maybe. <laughs> you guys both learned what mung beans were. Not even really. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was going to write that. Okay. I said A. Mm. Me too. I said D. That what? is correct. No! I was gonna do Baby. that. Dang what it. we found is uh, you can have so loamy soil. For those that may not know, <laughs> is a combination of silt, sand, and clay soils in one, and it's Yo! the one most commonly used for agricultural. So we're all purposes. Right. No, it's one of those all the above answers. <laughs> mm, I don't know. However, I would have accepted B as an answer because mung beans are t- can tolerate a higher amount of sand in their loam. <laughs> what has this podcast become? We like started a new year and we started the new year. We we entered out. the top ten tech podcasts on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we're just like we and we're just gonna here. throw it all. We're away, trying to hit baby. some other categories. Yeah, this we're... is too much pressure. We got to get out of here. All right. So to answer George G, can we please have more agricultural orchard trivia? No, probably no not. not yeah, sorry, that's it. Sorry, Georgie. that was all we needed. At least I got points. There will be tech questions next week. I promise. Okay. Well, that was it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing along with us. Uh, We're going to get back to uh, all the other stuff and the videos and the other stuff you guys like to watch. So hit the like button. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.
Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro was created by Vane Sill. Were you like losing service? I <laughs> a lot of things happened. That was like if I pushed. I pushed through. A sprinter that starts tripping as they hit the line. <laughs> it's like yeah. they have to keep it going, otherwise they're gonna fall on their like face. The so you just speed wobbles when yeah. a skateboarder's going down a hill. <laughs>